Blog Talk Radio. from Jacksonville, North Kakalaki to Jacksonville, Florida. Redowas on Pun All and Sea Islands and things like that. And round the world. We're so glad that I wanted to tune in one more again to We Show, Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio. This year, the Queen Quest head from the body of the Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio Station and Redowas of the Gullah Geechee Nation. So glad to be able to crack my teeth one more again this evening. With all the hundred children, where we to give up the lifting to the living, like I said, to pay ancestral homage. So this evening, let we take a moment of silence for all the Gullah Geechee Oma now, what we done cross over for the beach lady Marvin Batch, for Mama Sheffy Poinsett Clark, for all of that Oma and woman to fight in that uprising and thing, for all of we and thing like that ain't even first year yet, but they know. Even a dear kind, and they want to chill out for be free. So let me take a moment of silence for them and for we. Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. Well, so glad that I want to chill in the tune in one more again, and we want to say thank you, thank you to SUNY Cover Skill Vadia, who just joined we the day for Gullah Geechee Nation Volunteer Month, the money over, so Hunter Chillin can join we. We got nine more day and things for go. If Hunter want to come down and help me with some of this year work at the Gullah Geechee Alke Bulan Archive, make sure for email we to G-U-L-L-G-E-E-C-O at A-O-L dot com. Gullgeeko at A-O-L dot com. And any other rest of time that Hunter want to find we, you know where we to be. Gullah Geechee dot N-E-T. 
gullahgeechee.net. And so we want all the hundred children to make sure that you come for join me and things like that. It's a blessed time every year that we have all this help to come in from around the world and read us all the different coalition members and things like that. If we can't make them now, they're coming in through the summer and things like that for help we and all of that. But this year, they're the true Gullah Geechee Nation Volunteer Month every year. And so we're so glad for all of the alternative spring break children and things like that. The one will have vision for coming down here and for truly help with what the community needs. Though. So we're so glad that we had so many of them. We Gullah Geechee al Bulan Archive, also to help with Yenna House up in the Chuck, and rather was to help we run we landmarks and tell the branch library this year. So it's a plus up time for me going back through the archive while we the digitize and things like that. We the kind cross all kind of good thing. Why the first remember say we be had and so all of this time is a plenty good thing. Well we to come over so that we can continue for whole pun we story for future generation. But even now at the Centelna Branch Library and things like that, you can see one exhibit from the Gullagichi Alkebulan archive called Mama Dem. And even this evening, this year broadcasting thing. But go on into some of that and thing. Because we want to take a few pages and thing right on out some of the book or day and this evening and share just a little bit about the Gullagichi Oman journey for who upon the land right down here. Because that's still what we to do. And so we want to for going back for go forward. Sign Kofa. Go back and fetch it. Because if one ain't know where one of the from, one ain't going to know where one of the So if I make sure all of the rest of the children were there around the world can stand with me to crack my teeth and things like that, I will make sure to speak like this so that my listeners all around the world can totally under and overstand all of what I'm sharing here tonight, this Women's Her Story Month. And we definitely salute all of the women once again, and we salute all of our listeners who have been tuning in. You can always tune in for free at this station live, but you can also listen to the shows on blogtalkradio.com slash Gullah, G-U-L-L-A-H, G-E-E-C-H-E-E, or you can go and subscribe at iTunes for free and download past broadcasts, and as soon as the show goes goes off the air, within a half an hour or so, you're able to usually download on demand so that you can also share these episodes, embed these episodes in your blog, share them with your family members and everything, and also have them in your own home library for future generations to come. Because a lot of what we know about our tradition and our culture is what we've been discussing all day as we took the Gullah Root Experience Tour around St. Helena Island, is the fact that the culture is connected to the oral traditions, and not just Gullah Geechee culture, but cultures around the world. And that is why any time an invading culture, a culture that wants to dominate and exploit another culture, the first thing that they want to do is stop the native people from speaking their native tongue and tries to then oppress them into speaking the tongue of other people because there's so much that is connected through the conversations of the people, through their traditional languages, 
concepts and ideals are translated through languages. That's why many times, if you are fans of ours on the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition's Facebook fan page, or if you follow the Gullah Geechee Nation's Facebook fan page, which is most of the time where we get asked to translate, we will not translate. Because one of the things that takes place is people do not under and understand then the value, the meaning, nor the intent of what is being presented. Because when you translate, you do not translate words verbatim. You translate concepts, ideas, and ideals of a people. Hence why others would prefer that you remove that and then replace it with what they would like for you to have. Well, one of the things that happened over the generations was the attempt at displacing children from their mothers. So when we start to look at the transatlantic slave trade, Mama ever string and thing like that at the first place, hona gwa, yeti people look like a teacher, hona no wa, hona mother tongue da. So if you are taken from your mother, you won't know what your mother tongue actually is, what your birth language actually is. And so to snatch children from the very breast of the mothers or to take them literally as soon as they came out of the wombs of their mothers during chattel enslavement was something that went on on the plantations, hence why many of the enslaved mothers fought so hard to stay on the land, even with big shooting things like that ever start, even when the Civil War began here in the Gullah Geechee Nation, because what they wanted to do was stay place-based so that their children would be able to come back to them. They believed that they would be able to reconnect with their children. Their children would return to them because of their connection to the land. And many who planted the placenta and other things in the land knew that there were other connections to that as well. Those who were around to see roots, the original roots, because we understand that's being redone and they're trying to have some Gullah Geechee in it and so forth. We're going to wait and see about that. But the original version of Roots that was done and premiered on television back in the 70s, you will remember when the versions kept coming on and Roots the Next Generation came and all of that. But if you remember that the mother took the footsteps of her daughter, Sam, and kept that. And so keeping hold to the community, to the family, through the land, has been a continuous connection link. And our foremothers that were here during 1862, we often know their names now because many other Gullah Geechee family compounds are still on or still are listed as heirs' property, which we talked about extensively last week here on the broadcast and have talked about in the past on this broadcast. But we had an entire episode dedicated to the Uniform Heirs' Property Partition Act that is coming up in South Carolina, and we need to get it also moved about in Florida and North Carolina. It has already passed in Georgia. So here it is that when we look back at eight deeds from 1862, deeds from throughout the Civil War, even deeds that you may find that are in the Reconstruction period and the turn of the century, early 1900s, but most of our family deeds dating back to 1862, you will take note of who the husband and wife are 
that make the initial purchase of the land, and then we all descend from them. So these four mothers had the mother with anything like that, for whole upon this year. So they definitely had insight, and they wanted their children's children's children to have a place on which to raise their families, on which to raise their crops, on which to elevate themselves. And so even today, as we do the work with the nation leaders here in the Gullah Geechee Nation, you will often see us outside working. You will often see us out pouring libation. You will see some of us in fields or in areas gathering anything from things that are edible to sweet grass so that, again, we live literally from the land. The land feeds us, we feed it. We feed Mother Earth, she feeds us. We nurture the earth, the earth nurtures us. So that aspect of being ever linked and grounded in the land, still in the same places that Big Daddy Mama, then Mama, and then Bidevon, is a major deal. It is not anything to be taken lightly. So that is why it is horrifying to many of us who are intuitive and who are literally still linked to our real ancestry, that we're not assimilated because we can see the value of the entire family being held together on the family compounds. We have that work ethic that the enslavers saw in African women when they went to the coast of West Africa. And they went inland to the Congo and other places. They went inland throughout the Senegambia and Nigeria and Ghana. And they saw the hard labor that the women were doing in the fields. And they started to kidnap an abundance of women first. They also realized the women would not only produce in that way, the women would produce if they were seared, if they were serviced, as they would say, by males on the plantation, they would produce more people that they hoped were, quote, unquote, of strong stock, so that this way they would have another generation and another generation and another generation of laborers. But they expected that these laborers would forever be enslaved, not expecting the strength of these women to fight to hold on to their families, fight to hold on to and get back their children from chattel enslavement. And afterwards, once the war began and the Civil War was taking place, to then also bid on land, own that land, stay put and build homes and renew their fields and wait. And many of them were reunited with their children. Their children made their way back to the islands and the coast to reunite with their families who were there waiting for them. And even now, that is still happening. Each and every year at the Gullah Geechee Nation International Music and Movement Festival, we have Gullah Geechee Reunion Day. So the first Saturday in August this year, we will be in Charleston once again at the site of Gasden's Wharf where we hold this festival, which will also be the location that the International African American Museum is going to get built upon. In a couple of years now, it should actually be opening its doors. And so here it is that we proudly still stand upholding and holding on to the blessings of that wherewithal, that strength, 
that vision that our foremothers had, that they would know that there was such a time as this that would approach where in their children's children's children would need land on which to sustain themselves. And so each and every time that we gather at the Gullah Geechee reunion, we have people reunite with their family the same way that many families reunited during that time of the war and reconstruction and then continued to have Gullah Geechee family compounds built along the shoreline that now we are fighting to maintain ownership of and to economically empower our people on. So instead of this time those labors and that knowledge base being exploited by someone else to take advantage of and for their children's children's children to build wealth from, we are continuing to educate and uplift our people so that they would realize the value of land and respect your mama. That is always what we were taught. Respect on the mama because you ain't going to get but one. And so that this way, these women who bear not only the children, but bear the knowledge and the vision and bring it into manifestation on the earth, would be able to be there with you and bless you with their knowledge and insight. And honey, no, these are the one that catch the baby, the one that shake the baby and things like that. So then the one half a lonya. So with a chiller half a no, honey, go half a lonya. All right? So it's always interesting to go back through our Gullah Geechee Al-Kebulan archive and look into various books that talk about the strength of African women during the transatlantic slave trade. And some people don't read, quote-unquote, slavery books, and they don't watch television and see documentaries anymore, much anymore, about these things. But these are some of the things we have in the archive because there are people who are still intrigued and still can learn from it. But many only look at the pain and not the triumph of these women, and they don't often realize how much of the knowledge that actually built the infrastructure of not only the Gullah Geechee Nation but the United States was through the women. So when we even begin to talk about the cash crop of the Gullah Geechee Nation, cotton, rice, and indigo, rice is Carolina gold. She became the queen when cotton was the king along this coastline. And as Honachilla know that a plenty of what we done Nampanya and a plenty of we found that a Nampanya Alke Mulan. So even to this day, this is a major staple in our diet. So one of the things that I wanted to share from tonight is actually from the legacy of Ebo Landing, Gullah Roots of African American Culture, which has won human rights awards as well. And I want people to realize this is the first anthology ever done by native Gullah Geechis with their own information in it and not done by academicians with them researching us, but us actually sharing our story. And then we included a few pieces from a few, but not many, non-Gullah Geechis because they had things that had stories in them, fictional stories that we wanted included, along with the linguistic alphabet next to it. And I mention that because, as I mentioned earlier, the oral tradition is where the history lies, within the language is which bears the culture. So that is why so many try to eliminate it. In the elimination of how we speak, the way we live, and things like that, we often find that people then lose 
what their mothers are used to do. If they're not around the mother and those to be taught, they lose touch with a lot of what their culture and their cultural traditions are. So a sister from Sierra Leone who is a professor, Vieco Betts, Josephine Vieco Betts, wrote a piece many, many years ago about we got our own way of cooking things because she wanted to focus on how Gullah Geechee women interacted around food and with their families. And so this piece was included in the anthology, The the Legacy of Ebo Landing, Gullah Roots of African American Culture. And because the land is such a critical aspect of our continuing existence, and we are right now having numerous threats against our natural environment. If you tuned in last week, you know that we announced that we won and we will not have oil drilling happening off the Gullah Geechee Nation's coast. We again give thanks and praise to everyone at Oceana and who are part of the team of our members and people around the world that supported writing in letters to the U.S. federal government to say to them that this was not necessary, that it was not to be supported, and they did listen to these voices. And so when we now look at things, and we have our Coastal Cultures Conference coming up this year, April 29th and 30th, and the 29th will be for the youth on St. Helena Island, and April 30th will be open to everyone. So if you're interested, you can go to Eventbrite and sign up for the Coastal Cultures Conference so you can email us to G-U-L-L. G-E-E-C-O at A-O-L dot com. G-U-L-L-G-E-E-C-O at America Online. That's what A-O-L stands for, dot com. Make sure to email us, and we can also send you details. And if you go to GullahGeecheeNation.com, you'll find details and more and more things that are updated at all times there as well. And so this is one of the many things that the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition that sponsors this broadcast sponsors each year as well. And we talk about the natural environment instead of the built environment. So I want to share with you some pieces um, parts of connections between the natural environment and the Gullah food practices. The value of self-sufficiency in food supply is an integral aspect of the Gullah food system. Men and women of all ages are conversant with hunting, fishing, and gardening as ways to provide food. From an early age, both men and women are socialized into the concept of the practice of self-sufficiency as a primary goal of the food system and are encouraged to participate in the outdoor food-procuring activities of parents and other kin or community members. Velma Moore, a woman in her mid-40s, became sensitive to environmental causes when, as a child, she accompanied both her parents on daily walks in the woods. This experience taught her a variety of survival skills, including the use of the island's natural resources for subsistence and medicine. She learned how and where to collect medicinal herbs and when and for what purpose they should be used. She also learned various folk remedies that had been passed down in her family for generations, such as life everlasting tea for colds and for the mullein plant for fever. Velma collect, recollected that when she was a child, her mother kept these herbs on hand in the kitchen and stood over a reluctant patient to make sure that every sip of the tea was consumed. Now married and a mother of five children, Velma pointed out that she encourages the practice of these traditions among her sons and daughters. She even performs regionally as a storyteller and writes local newspaper articles about the significance of these traditions in her culture. 
grandparents also play an important role in developing children's skills in food self-sufficiency. A typical example is Macy Gables, a lively and active woman about 70 years of age. When she was interviewed, she was called, I do not know who scheduled the interview uh, appointments, but they conflicted with her plans to go fishing with her five-year-old granddaughter, whom she was teaching to fish. Miss Macy explained later that her granddaughter liked fishing from an early age, so she had decided to cultivate this interest by teaching her to necessary skills and as she had once been taught by her mother. By transmitting these skills, which are part of the collective memory, the senior generation of Gullah women fosters and sustains cultural identity, intergenerationality, thus broadening the base of cultural knowledge in the community. Now we're going to start right there. These are some of the things that people who've come to the Coastal Cultures Conference over the years have seen us engage in, and those who watch Gullah Geechee TV, you've seen excerpts of various things that we do with the Gullah Geechee Fishing Association and even some of the work. If you are a Gullah Geechee Nation Facebook fan, then you know that you've seen numerous photographs with us out with the Gullah Geechee fishermen teaching some of our younger children about our fishing traditions. And when we say fishing traditions, we mean guano forget crab, guano forget shrimp, guano forget all the rest of fish for nampon and things like that, all of this. And so all of these different aspects of food ways are part of our self-sufficiency. It is part of the Gullah Geechee, her story, legacy. Because if you heard here, we don't have a gender split when it comes down to learning how to go out and get your food. And I truly believe in the scripture that says, a man that don't work, don't eat. Well, a woman that don't work, don't eat. And if Hunter chilling in to leave that, it's your day. Gals, I got something for crack with eat with Hunter about. Okay then? All right. So definitely it is critical. And our mothers and their mothers and their mothers before them taught them how to be able to feed yourself and be able to take care of you and your family. The women are the ones who do the food preparation, and they are the ones that usually have the food already ready for the family before it's even time for anybody to get up, get dressed, and leave from your own compound if someone is going out to work elsewhere. So you will find that many women know how to pick oysters, they know how to dig clams, they know how to cast nets, they know how to sew nets. I don't know a lot of them make a battle boat, but I'm sure there are some that do. And so these are skill sets that our mothers, 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 mothers had and passed down, along with things such as quilting and being able to do a number of different things around your yard and with your house. And so even now... Many of you who are keeping up with the work we're doing with the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition will see that our latest project has been launched, our Gullah Geechee Indigo Project, and that one of the first things that we are doing is not only doing fundraising through selling an image done by artist Monique Delator, but also helping to restore a cottage on historic St. Helena Island that was part of a fishing encampment that was there since the 30s. And so it will be an artist 
in Residence Cottage. And Monique Delato will be staying there and doing a number of different types of things, from textile designs to paintings and other things that the community will engage in to once again be able to use this environment and using the things that are here naturally and things that have been passed down intergenerationally to create new things that we can go forth and continue to be self-empowered through, that people can go ahead and sell if they like in order to obtain cash since cash is what's used to then maintain land ownership. So we go full circle this entire journey of the Gullah Geechee Oman, the past thing, down to chilling and thing like that, it continues. This journey through our Wisdom Circle Council of Elders has always been about passing more down to the next generation so that they understand who they're to be and that we be Gullah Geechee anointed people and that they will have the skill sets but also the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding and the economic and paying their land ownership of their family compounds will also be able to work that land. Because having land and not knowing the things that we just talked about, how to farm the land, what are herbal plants that are on the land, how do you then process that particular herbal plant so that it can be a benefit to your family? Do you use it as a savage or is it something that you ingest? Is it something topical or is it something that you can eat? Is it something you make a tea out of or is it something else that you bathe with? So these kinds of critical things have only been passed down and continued through elder women in the community that are able to share that knowledge with our youth. We now fortunately have several young ladies who now make their own teas, like a Soulful Touch Wellness, Sister Kat Nunifer. You'll see that she has those, and she is usually at all of our different events. And you'll also find that we have Naturally Geechee, where we also have skincare products that are all natural and are made here in the Gullah Geechee Nation. These are the ways that you sustain your body, but we have to share with one another these knowledge things amongst these family compounds to sustain the mind and sustain the collective consciousness of native Gullah Geechees, and that is how we yet honor the legacy of the Gullah Geechee Oman and things like that, and how we keep together the family. And just to keep together the family because they live via on anything like that, you have to make sure they belong. So here it is that we're going to go on with some more of what Sister Bieko Betts has chronicled and documented from her journey of interviewing these Gullah Geechee women. And so while the Gullah depend on their natural surroundings as a reliable source of food, they also have a deep understanding of their coexistence with other living things and believe that the use of these resources should be moderate and non-exploitive. This sense of shared membership in the natural environment stems from Gullah belief systems, which emphasize harmony and social exchange between the human and the natural world. Such a view is influenced by African spiritual beliefs, which are community-centered and involve a set of relationships involving God, the ancestors, other human beings, including those yet unborn, and other living and non-living things. In this complex system of relationships, the well-being of the whole is paramount. Individual existence is woven into the whole. So right there, that's one of the dynamics that our mothers have taught us. You you are because I am. I am because you are. We are because you are. 
So Ubuntu, some would say, this is, and it is the living aspect of this that keeps the Gullah Geechee Nation together. If you look at the Gullah Geechee Nation's flag, the center of it represents exactly what I just read to you in that last paragraph, from that last paragraph. It is tree, but it is human bodies intertwined that make up the body of that tree. Representing the Igbo, Mandinka, Malinke, Yoruba, Gola, Gizi, Mendi, Temni, Fiki, Bibio, and the various other African ethnic groups. That if you want to know who those are, once again, the same book I'm reading from, The Legacy of Igbo Landing, Gullah Roots of African American Culture, you can obtain it. You can go to gullahgeechee.biz and you can obtain the charts and the maps as well as this particular chapter that I'm reading from tonight and so that you will be able to have this for reference for you and your family. You can obtain it and then share it and absorb it and then be able to come into the Gullah Geechee Nation with some insight into how we think and why we think in the manner that we think as a collective unit that lives in harmony and balance. And that's why now when we look at these dynamics of sea level rise, climate change and the climate science issues that we contend with and things that we're going to even address at the Coastal Cultures Conference next month. This is some of why, because this is part of our very existence that's been passed down through this legacy of language, through this living tradition that Mama them been a mix and stop in the pot. And so even when Hunter and Yang Pandisha had been a grinding town, and they rather was when they were a kind for Hunter Mug, Hunter been a speaker into this show. And so this holistic nature of who you are has to be taught through what you live as well as what you speak. And then what you speak will come into the world that you live. And so this is a critical thing, especially at this time of year for us, because this is our planting season. And so the seeds that we plant now are those things that we expect to harvest in the future. And so we definitely want to plant positive energy into the soil, but we also want to plant that into the souls and the minds of our children. And so that this way they will be able to have this to go to their children with. You hear this dynamic of the grandmother not going ahead to do an interview because that was going to interrupt her time with her grandchild because she had committed to honing this skill within her grandchild. And this grandchild had already shown a light that she could see. And so the grandmother was taking that time out to work with that child so that the child had the skill sets that she would need to sustain herself later on. When she became a teenager or a grown woman, grandmama, no grandmama ain't going to all the time. So here it is that this child, no matter what, would always be able to sustain herself, whether mama, grandmama, or anybody is there or not. And so these are some of the things that we have seen families losing as they move into urban areas. Those urban areas don't have to be faraway lands. These urban areas can be as close as being one of our cities of the Gullah Geechee Nation, Charleston, South Carolina, Savannah, Georgia, Jacksonville, Florida. You go there and speak about 
herbology, you go there to speak about fishing, you go there to speak about hunting, and people look at you like, well, I watched the Nature Channel on TV. But they could not go out with you and really assist you if you needed to immediately go out and obtain your food for that day, much less for a lifetime. So this is a critical matter that we're now addressing because we have a generation of younger Gullah Geechis who are concerned with their food security. And so they are returning now to where? Right back to Big Daddy Mama, they ear and thing like that. But where Big Daddy Mama, them crackhead ain't fussing on them. So the problem here is, what if your children's children do come back and you don't know anything to be able to teach them? You can't teach what you don't know. So fortunately, we have things going on like Tech Up, Step Up with the Gullah Geechee Angel Network, wherein our Minister of Information, Elder Carly Town, our initial Minister of Protocol and Parliamentary Procedure, Elder Lisa Wineglass Smalls, and many of the other elder women of the community are passing on traditions to the younger women so that they will know how to carry on, and to the young men as well, so that they will be able to sustain themselves. Because without the next generation being able to sustain themselves, we have not done our job. We have truly disrespected our earth mother and our mothers of the earth and mother earth. And so we need to recognize the importance of this dynamic that's playing out even within this short section of this chapter, uh, we got our way of cooking things. Now, we'll continue to pick up from here. So some aspects of this worldview are reflected in my interview with Velma Moore. She describes herself as a self-taught woman, although self-taught does not adequately describe her intelligence, strong will, and vast knowledge of Gullah history and culture. During one interview, she revealed that she, like many Gullah women, had been taught to hunt and would do so if necessary. Even so, she considers herself a keen environmentalist with concern for the protection of nature and would not engage in such activities for recreation because it's not sporting to go up and kill animals that can't shoot you back. In other words, although she would rely on these resources for survival, anything beyond that purpose would threaten the harmony with nature. Velma also expressed concern about the threat of environmental destruction in the region, a result of increasing tourism and economic development. She conceptualized this problem in connection with the struggle to preserve her own endangered cultural heritage. I always felt that if you don't deal with one and the other, if you just strictly deal with one, then you're losing the rest of it. Because you cannot have stabilization in a minority community in this area here unless you recognize the culture and the environment. And if you mess up the environment and you move the people away because the environment is not right, then you're taking away their culture at the same time. So if you take away their land, you're also taking away their culture when you move the people and so forth. That was from an interview in 1991, by the way. And making this connection between the threat of the environmental destruction and survival of her own cultural heritage, Velma reveals an awareness of her relationship represented by culture with other living beings, both human and non-human. She does not distinguish between the two because she perceives them as natural allies in the struggle to protect tradition from the intrusion of dominant cultural practices. Because both are woven into her existence, the survival of one depends on that of the other 
and must be defined and challenged from this standpoint. Interviews with Gullah women suggest that engagement in fishing, gardening, hunting, and other outdoor activities is not based strictly on gender role divisions. I mentioned that to you all already. Although many of the outdoor activities related to food procurement are men's domain, women are more likely to be associated with these activities than men with the activities regarded as women's domain. In other words, it seems that at each successive stage of food preparation, which can overlap somewhat, work activities become more gender-specific. This is true, for example, of the role of the expectation of some fishing activities, such as men's use of the cast net method and women's use of the reel and rod method. Now, that part I disagree with because women in different areas of the Gullah Geechee Nation use both. It all depends on what's suitable for you, how much patience you have, and so on. I just had a conversation last week with a sister here on St. Helena Island about the fact that we both don't mind using a cast net, but anybody can keep their reel and their rod. And so this particular woman or a few women that were interviewed by Dr. Bianco Betts might have said their preferences were real and rod, but her conclusion is incorrect because women and men sew cast nets, women and men cast cast nets, and women and men use rod and reels. It all just depends on personality dynamics and what it is that Hunter Chilling Gwine are there for catch. And so once again, this gender specificity thing is not the case. It all depends on what community, what family, how people are acculturated, who all is there, and whether the men are around or not, because the women definitely ain't going to starve waiting on the men to come back with the food. And now when we go back to this, we have to look at the critical point that is made here is that we do not distinguish between the land and the people or the living creatures because these are natural allies in the struggle to protect tradition from the intrusion of are woven into our existence. The survival of one depends on that of the other and must be defined and challenged from this standpoint. So as I always say, the land that we family, the waterway that we bloodline, you also hear me say, Hunter must take care of the root for heal the tree. When we take care of the roots of our tradition, when the women are out there cultivating these roots, they are nurturing these roots, they are sharing this, we have a healing that goes throughout the body of the tree, and if that tree is fine, the fruit, the children, the children's children's children, their seeds are fine as well. But if we have disease and destruction coming from the outside in, coming from somebody else's culture and acculturation, and now influencing, infecting, and affecting our Gullah Geechee Nation, then herein lies the problem. Herein comes the disrespect of the land. Herein comes the disrespect of the mamadim. And so if you disrespect Mother Earth, you disrespect the mothers who birth you, you will not listen to the women as the elders of the community, as the knowledgeable ones of the community, as the ones with the vision and the ability to earth the things that are needed for the community and the family to sustain itself and to go forward together. And so the wise men in the Gullah Geechee Nation, you will see, always are still connected to women, whether that be their mothers, the mothers in the church, their sisters, their aunties, or they have a school teacher that was a female they were very close to over the years, as well as then their wives. You will find that they are linked 
and that they will listen. Even at times when there's something that they really was looking for a cheerleader for, but the woman was helping guide and direct them. They might not want to hear it at that moment, but they may go on out there, go hunting, go in the woods, go in the wilderness, go for a drive, do whatever you need to do, go out and walk to the creek, however, but they'll come back and say, you know, all right, that ain't the way I see it, but if you say that's how we need to go about this thing, I guess I'll go ahead and try your way first. Even whatever language they want to put it in, that means they listened. There's something within them that they respect that they're asking this particular woman to give guidance because they can see that power, that energy that is still within her to earth wisdom and to earth things that are going to be positive and healing and uplifting and self sustaining for the family. And if the family can sustain itself, it can maintain the land ownership. If you can maintain the land ownership, you can build more wealth for the next generation. So here we come to why people do not want to recognize and acknowledge the women's power in the family as a central unit of the family and why people attempt to take away your language and take away your land. Because without these things, you cannot maintain and reconnect and sustain a culture. And without that, you have no community. You're just out here. You're just lost. That's why you hear some people that you walk up to tell you they've been searching for themselves, how you lose yourself. So these types of things are critical when we talk about this being Women's Her Story Month, that we go back and fetch it. Because if Hone know where Hone is from, Hone ain't going to know where Hone is going. So you have to go back and journey back to your family, to the elder women of your family. Sit, talk with them, tarry Learn what they have learned in their lifetime. The things that they made bad choices about that if they were to do it over, they wouldn't make that choice or they would tell you what the lessons are they got from that bad choice. And so that they can also share with you the knowledge of how they healed from the choice. And that knowledge might be an emotional healing, a spiritual healing. It could be the physical healing through these herbs that we were talking about earlier. It could be the things that made them recognize the real manifestation of those proverbs in their lives that they had heard from their mama and their mama, mama, and things like that. But they haven't known what went now. But they can tell you now what the meanings are because they've lived long enough to see it manifest in their life, the good and the bad of it. And so to protect you from the bad of it, they'd be willing to share these jewels, these gems that were planted into their souls. And that could be that salve and that healing ointment without you having to go in the wilderness for final. So it is a blessed journey to always celebrate our people because here on Gullah Get Your Rhythm Radio, you know that we celebrate Black History Month every day of every year. And so there's no special time for that. We always talk about our story. And we always want to make sure that people acknowledge that March even comes in and that it is more than the time that it is springtime for this first chilly day of spring that we all are having along the eastern seaboard. But we also want to acknowledge the fact that March is Women's Her Story Month. And so we have long since had a legacy of women that 
although kidnapped and captured, were their foremothers. Those women sustained themselves, they fought back, and they always fought for our families. They've been a fight for we and for see and for see we yet. And so they knew another day was coming. They had the faith that there would be a day that their children would not be in bondage. And so we are their children that now need to ensure that our children will not be in bondage either. And so we should not allow them to get enslaved to debt through mortgages and through credit cards and through the system that seeks to take away any possibilities of their real generational wealth and help them to understand when they are heirs to the greatest asset they could ever have, which is the legacy on this land, and that they need to hold on to it if for no other reason than to respect their mama and so that they can pay homage to all of the Gullah Geechee Oman, who we can't fuss crack and tea, they know who he done now, because there's been so many generations that no one has called their names that we may not remember them all. But that's the importance of having the Gullah Geechee reunion every year, the importance of having family reunions every year, and sharing the names and speaking those names aloud so that that power and that energy of all that they stood for and that they stood on where we still own the land can come down into us and that we can speak into existence another generation of those who are the healers those who are the midwives, those who are the visionaries, those who are the activists, those who are the women who are righteous and virtuous that will hold together the Gullah Geechee family for the coming generations. And so I'm thankful that not only this Gullah Geechee Volunteer Month have we had a number of women of African descent here visiting with us, including the African Cultural School that came through on Saturday. And we have a number of students that are with us now this week, and we have more that are coming before the month ends. But also because we have someone who is a woman from New Zealand, Monique Delator, who has now migrated here to do this work to also help the rest of the world recognize the journey of the Gullah Geechee Oman, the Gullah Geechee family, and the Gullah Geechee nation, and why it is important to be able to return to some of the traditions that we have on the land. So if you continue to follow at Gullah net, and you can follow us on Twitter at Gullah and on Instagram at Gullah you will start to be able to see some of the images as we continue to work on this Gullah Geechee Indigo project, which is going to be about the outdoors and recreating art in the outdoors. And so you can go to our page and you will see all the details about the project and what we're working on and the fundraising aspects of it. We're going to be posting continuously. Currently there's a painting called the St. Helena Fisherman that you will see on the Gullah Geechee Nation Facebook fan page and our Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition Facebook fan page. Someone purchasing that particular painting will already be contributing to the work that we're doing for the Artist's Cottage as well as the work that's going to be continuing here at the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition. If you want to be an ongoing part of the work to keep this culture alive, and to sustain our land ownership and our legacy, please email us to G U L L 
G-E-E-C-O at AOL.com for a membership form. You can also go to gullahgeechee.biz, G-U-L-L-A-H-G-E-E-C-H-E-E.biz, and you can click there and become a member. Or if you are registering for the Coastal Cultures Conference that's coming up on Saturday, April the 30th, for the grown folks right here at St. Helena at the St. Helena Landmark Library, make sure that you also click to become a dues fan member because that keeps this program going on the air. But read of us, it'll keep week wine on the land. And so I'm still on the Gullah Geechee Land and Legacy World Tour. I thank all of the folks who have been making contact with us and who are trying to get things together all over the country, who have made inquiries already to see what they can do. Please, if you're interested in sponsoring and being a sponsor for a presentation where you are, go to queenquet.com. All right, that's Q-U-E-E-N-Q-U-E-T dot com. All right, queenquet.com, and definitely support because everything does count. And so many people who need to be part of the journey are there in these audiences at the Land and Legacy presentations. And so we want to say thank you, thank you to the guests that's here live in the chat room tonight. And in our last few moments, we're going to open up the phone lines in case anybody who's listening wants to call in. And that number is 347-324-3903, 347-324-3903. And once again, I want to say thank you, thank you to all of you who watch Gullah Geechee TV because we have had over a quarter million views. So thank you, thank you to all the Hunter children that have been tuning in to Gullah Geechee TV because there are so many more episodes that are coming up, and it is a blessing to not only now be able to pull some of the more recent footage of things that are happening now, but to, with the digitization process that's going on at the Gullah Geechee al archive, we are then able to go back into the archives and pull some of the older footage out, and we'll be putting together some episodes that are flashback episodes as well as we approach the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition's 20th anniversary coming up this December. So once again, make sure to continue to follow we at gullahgeechee.net, and you can follow our blog at gullahgeechee.nation.com. If you had not gone to that blog since last broadcast, you can find out a lot more about Ayers Property and the For Dennis movement and the things that are going on that Hunter children need for no if Hunter want to take a stand and Hunter want to stay upon this your land. So please make sure that you follow GullahGeecheeNation.com, our blog, and also at Gullah on Twitter and on Instagram. So, Hunter Chillin, we're so glad here. We say thank you, thank you to all the Hunter Chillin that are support we, that are joined we this year, Gullah Geechee Nation Volunteer Month. And our Volunteer Month goes right on until the end of March. So you still got nine more days at least that you can come on down and help us get work done here in the Gullah Geechee Nation to help with the buildings we're working on as well as our archival resources that we're working on. So if you are interested, again, email us to GU. L L G E E C O at AOL dot com. 
galgeco at AOL.com. And if you have any questions, if you're listening to this and didn't catch it live, and you said, wow, I wish I could have asked something, you're welcome to email the question there as well. And we will definitely get an answer to you because this is why we do exactly what we do every Monday evening right here. And so next Monday evening, we're bringing on another one of our new omen from the Gullah Geechee Nation. we got a new song coming out and thing like that, and we want Hunter Chillin to be able to tune in to that new one and then be able to get them for your collection. So now we have one caller that I can take before we get off the air tonight. Good evening, Brother Kwamish. How Hunter to do? Hunter to do well. Hunter to do I made it do well. What's going on? Well, just calling in to once again uh, commend you for your hard work um, and your continuous work. You know, there's, there's never an end to education. Once doors will be open to learning something new, and definitely we need to learn and recognize the contributions of women within our culture. So, uh, again, just commend you very quickly. I had a chance to listen in very briefly, so just want to give you your shout out. Oh, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. It's, it's interesting that uh, there are other brothers who I've seen via Facebook and their comments on there that have been keeping up with the broadcast all month. But those are regular listeners of Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio as well. But it's it's good to have, as I said to you the last time we called in during this month, to have brothers call it in during Women's Her Story Month. And it's so interesting because the sisters are writing their comments and things on social media saying, oh, I really enjoyed that broadcast. Oh, this is the truth, you know, and sharing it and that kind of thing. But uh, not too many of them are calling in. So I appreciate it when brothers call in, especially to just give a salute to the sisters because, you know, nowadays the mainstream media would make it seem like there are no black men that are left that appreciate women and the work that women are doing. So I definitely appreciate you taking that time out to not just tune in, but then to dial in and then be able to get in the air to make that statement. Greatly appreciate it. Anytime, please. Anytime, please. All right. Peace and blessings. So yes, it's always great to have regular listeners and to know they're actually tuned in live. Uh, but it is also wonderful to know of the thousands and thousands of you that download the show all around the world. And so for all of you, this is why we do what we do, for people to understand just who we be around your initial land of the Gullah Geechee. So we're so glad that Hunter Turner and tune in one more again with me. This is the Queen Quet Head from the body of the Gullah Geechee Nation. Thank you, thank you for tuning in to Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio Station. <laughs> Thank you.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.